I am a medium. That means I can communicate with spirits amongst other things. I started seeing spirits before I can even remember. I grew up feeling cursed, but now I am taking control of my abilities. Welcome to my spirit diaries. So before we get started, I just want to thank all of you guys for all of your support. So by following, subscribing, liking, and sharing, and rating the podcast has really helped this podcast grow, and I'm really excited. So I just want to thank you really quick for doing that before we jump into this episode. At this point, I'm just trying to survive middle school. Seventh grade and eighth grade were going by, and I was just trying to blend in. My home life had been falling apart, and my at-school life was also falling apart. I was having a really hard time with my friendships because there was a lot of really nasty rumors being spread about me around school. I also had started dealing with a lot of really horrific real-life stuff that had happened to me, and I was sort of trying to process that trauma. And I realized that the world was just crap. The people in it were crap. I had no self-worth. I didn't believe that there was any good in humanity anymore. I tried to be positive, but I started experiencing depression and really was over life at this point. In terms of the paranormal, I was over it. I didn't want anything to do with it. It felt like it was something I needed to grow out of. I really began doubting that I had ever even had any legitimate claims to it in the first place, and I was doubting if it was even real. And I was doing my best I could to just avoid the spirits. So there was a few in my school that were typically always in the same spot. So for example, in the center of the school, there was this rotunda. And on one side was the entrance to the school. Directly across from that was an auditorium entrance. And then on the two sides were hallways. Towards the auditorium side, there was a man who would always be hanging from a noose right there, and I learned to avoid him by going up the stairs and going on the second story of the school and then going down the stairs on the other side if I had to walk across that hallway. So I avoided it after the first or second time I seen him, and I would never ever go down that hallway. The bathroom where I seen the girl with the plastic bag, I avoided that bathroom always and used a different bathroom. There was this one staircase that typically had a group of spirits in it where I just avoided that staircase as well. And it became really normal for me to just start avoiding them. And a lot of them were stuck in those places. So if I didn't go there, I wouldn't see them. And of course, there was still spirits around in the world, but I started noticing if I didn't make eye contact with them, they wouldn't sort of engage or look at me. I noticed if I did look at them or I started giving them attention, then it would get 
worse and either they would try and come talk to me or as time went on I would start seeing more and more so it seemed like the more open to it I was the more it happened and so I was really dedicated to just shutting it down and just trying to be a normal person and my plan at this point was survive middle school survive high school and get the crap out of the town I grew up in I was starting to see scary movies. As you know, if you've listened to this podcast, I avoided them like the plague. And I still to this day haven't seen a lot of scary movies and probably no scary movies, according to some of you. I had seen The Sixth Sense for the first time during this middle school period. At first, I thought The Sixth Sense, I I swear to you guys, I thought it was a documentary. I really did. Because that kid had people in his school, and I think they were either in the stairs or somewhere, and I think some of them were hanging. And it freaked me out because I had the hanging guy at my school. And staircases did have some spirits at my school. And watching the kid see all of these scary things, I was like, oh my God, this is real. And I felt really dumb when I realized, no, obviously this can't be real. This is a movie. These are actors. As I watched it, I started understanding my own mediumship. And it's insane that this one movie really hit mediumship on the head incredibly accurately for how I experience it. It was very, very on point to how I see things. Down to the one little girl, I will never forget, with a head, she had a head injury. And this is when I put the pieces together of, oh, the hanging man, that's how he died. Or I seen spirits who looked scarier. And it's like, oh my God, that's how they died. Where is their injuries? Where's the mud that I used to think so many of them were muddy? Where's the mud on their shirt, which was probably blood. And where are where is it located they're trying to tell me something they're not trying to be scary they're trying to convey a message and that's when that really clicked but I was also done with mediumship so while I found it very interesting to sort of explain a lot of things I had been experiencing my whole life it really didn't matter because I was over it so The darkness continued to settle in my life. It just kept compounding. Everything was just negativity. And it was a really, really awful time. But eventually, middle school came to an end. A lot of horrific things I had experienced stopped with a lot of the people who I'd never see again. So I was feeling a lot better about starting high school and having that classic high school experience where you could go from uncool to cool and all of those sorts of things. So I still was obsessed with happy endings and I I knew high school was going to be the time that I just, everything worked out. It was going to be the best. But before high school, I had this really cool opportunity. So I had heard that 
the church my mom was attending, I did not attend church. I, at this point, I hadn't attended church since I was a kid. I would only go when absolutely forced. It just wasn't for me. And anyways, I heard that they were offering a free trip to a summer camp and it would be fully expense paid. All I had to do was go to church for like a month. And I was like, okay, I'm down. <laughs> so I sat through services for a month and then I got this. They paid for me to go on this trip to this summer camp. And I was so excited. There was no parents. It was a week long. You slept there. And I had never, ever been to camp. My parents were incredibly strict. And I often was compared to a Cinderella Rapunzel type of character because I was very much that person who was just locked in my room all the time, no matter whether I was good or bad or anything. So I uh, I was very excited to experience freedom for one of the first times in my entire life. Wait, 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 wait. I'm channeling a message from beyond. It's from today's sponsors who make creating this podcast possible. Hey, it's Birdie. Did you know that we have an Etsy shop filled with handmade items and incredible vintage pieces perfect for witchy and spooky decor? Go over to spiritdiaries.etsy.com. That's S-P-I-R-I-T-D-I-A-R-I-E-S dot E-T-S-Y dot C-O-M. And indulge in self-care with my handmade bath salts, bath bombs, body oils, room sprays, and 100% beeswax candles. Treat yourself and help us go on more spooky adventures and keep this podcast going. Hey, it's Birdie. Did you all know that Robert and I went on a spooky adventure? We visited six notoriously haunted locations over the course of six days, and we recorded it all. We've even won a film award for it. Yeah, that's right. We freaking won. And this is all available to watch for free over on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash spirit diaries. Yep. Go watch it right now, subscribe, leave thumbs up, and tell all your friends about our free season streaming on YouTube right now at youtube.com slash spirit diaries. I can't believe we did it. At the same time, my parents tried to do a vacation every summer, even if that was camping just a few blocks away. They tried to do something so we could have that family time. And they decided to plan the vacation, the family vacation, during the same week I was at summer camp. So naturally, I didn't want to go to summer camp anymore. I wanted to be with my family and have this great family adventure and no I was not allowed to hang out with the family I had to go to summer camp so I already had now a negative connotation with camp because I knew I was going to be missing out this actually was the last family vacation I would have ever I would have ever had so that was the last time my family was actually all together, which really sucked, and I wasn't there for it. 
So I get dropped off at this camp. And of course, it is a Christian church camp, which I was told there wasn't any church-oriented things. We would go to church once on Sunday, and that was it. The rest of it was fun. We were supposed to be canoeing and spending time out on this lake and doing ropes courses and hiking through the woods and there was boys there and there was a dance one night and so we're supposed to like have a dance and it was awesome it was supposed to be amazing and as I'm sure you guys can tell in my tone it it did not work out So instantly upon arriving, I find out that my mom filled out my paperwork wrong because she forgot my birthday, and she claimed I was three years younger than I was. So instead of me being put with all the girls who were graduating middle school and going to high school, I was put with the girls who were ending fifth grade and going to sixth grade. So there was obviously, there's a lot of developmental time during that. So I wasn't happy about that. I was like, oh my gosh, no, I want to be with people my own age. I don't want to be with all these kids. And I tried to tell everybody that they had my birthday wrong. But of course, everybody thought I was lying again. And I got stuck in the cabin. And we were not allowed phones at this camp. It was specifically stated that if you had a cell phone, it would be confiscated at the beginning of camp and you wouldn't get it back. Anyways, I just accept it and decide to make the most of it. I'm going to be here a week. It's just time to just make the best of it. So I grabbed a bunk and I decided it was going to be fine. We then were all brought to this little chapel, which was horrifying. It was really dark wood paneled, and it had red carpets and red stained glass windows. So the inside of this church just had this evil red glow. It was so strange. I even have goosebumps now thinking about it. It just instantly struck me as something's wrong here we're gonna get murdered and die like this is not the camp I signed up for they lock the doors and this pastor type figure takes place at the head of the church and they have the male camp counselors stand in front of the doors like if you decided to run you were going to get body slammed and sat back in one of the pews. It was weird. And as we're sitting there, I had met two girls who were in my cabin. And I'm just going to give them fake names so we can keep them apart. This one girl, Jessica, uh, (laughs) she was really nice and I had started feeling bad, though, because I had just seen what I perceived to either be her uncle or her father appear in the church as a spirit. And he just sort of stood there with a shocked and sad expression on his face. So me and Jessica had also made friends with Katie. And Katie was pretty cool. 
we were all sitting there and I started getting nervous because I was trying not to make eye contact with this girl's dad or uncle and I was getting increasingly paranoid that he was just in this state of pure panic it looked like. The pastor started talking so I was trying to focus on the pastor and the pastor tells all of us that all of our parents had just died. Every single one of them. When they left, there was a huge accident, a huge car crash, and all of our parents got into this car crash and had died from it, including any family members that happened to be in the cars. They were all dead. Naturally, this group of, they were fifth graders, so started freaking out. Out And they brought us in by sort of cabin. So we were in there with a few other groups, but I was surrounded by the fifth graders and they were all crying. Uh, Older kids were sobbing. The camp counselors looked concerned. So I was really confused because I was trying to comprehend that were did my parents really die? How did they all simultaneously crash into each other? With such force that they all died. And I was trying to logically process how hundreds of kids' parents could have just died. But the panic that was happening and then then my friend Jessica's dad or uncle being right there, dead, made me more willing to believe that a significant amount of the parents had died since he was clearly in a state of shock and panic. Ultimately, at the end of this whole service, they continued to preach through kids crying and screaming and sobbing. At the end, they told everybody, your parents aren't dead, but do you see how you feel right now? And then they made it into some sort of comparison to like, that's how Jesus felt or something. It it was ridiculous that they made all these children think that they had just lost their families for some moment that I can't even remember <laughs> the connection that they tried to make. After this service had ended, me and these two girls are walking out of this chapel and the pastor pulls aside Jessica and he tells her, hey, your uncle actually did die in a car crash just now. And I knew this was the truth because I then realized it was her uncle who was standing in the church, who was freaked out and in shock. And she had this huge panic, but at the same time, she wasn't really processing it anymore because she had just gotten over the fact that her parents were actually dead. So she was in this bit of a state of confusion and she didn't ever process the fact that her uncle had truly died while we were at camp. Time went on and this camp turned out to be nothing than being preached at for nearly the whole time and we very seldomly did anything fun. So that was disappointing, but I ended up making pretty good friends with Jessica and Katie. One night we were hanging out and we had to go to bed, so we all went to bed 
But then Katie jumped into my bunk and woke me up in the middle of the night. And she was like curled up, hunched over at the end of my bed and scared the crap out of me because I was just like, whoa, wait a second. Why are you in my bed? Why are you curled up at the bottom? And she told me, she's like, I'm really scared right now. I just want to be near someone. And I was like, okay, that's fine. Just wake me up next time. And she asked, she's like, can I sleep at the foot of your bed? She's like, I don't have to sleep next to you. Can I just sleep at the end? And I was like, yeah, sure, of course. Like, I totally understand being freaked out. I asked her the next day, I was like, hey, why were you so scared last night? What happened? And she pulled me away from Jessica and was like, I don't really want her to know this, but I see spirits and ghosts and demons I was shocked I didn't immediately be like oh my god me too but I was like oh yeah really what do they look like and she started describing to me that like there was this tall man in a hat she had seen and these a few other types of spirits who she had seen and I was like oh my gosh you know this kind of sounds like how it looks like when I run into spirits. So I decided to tell her like, hey, don't worry. I see spirits too. And she was really confused by this. And yet she was also kind of elated that I had seen spirits. So she was like, really? And I was like, yeah. I was like, next time you see one, Or next time I see one, I will point it out to you and you can point it out to me and let's see like if we're seeing the same thing. And she's like, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, awesome. Seeing spirits wasn't a regular thing. You know, it it wasn't all the time. So anyways, time went on. We went to bed that night and again, she woke me up at the bottom of my bed and she was like wake up wake up wake up I'm scared and I was like okay what's going on she's like I see a spirit right now and I was like really where and I looked around the room and I didn't see anything I didn't sense anything and she told me there's a tall man in the corner and this tall man in the hat he she said he followed her around everywhere And that really freaked me out because the spirits I had encountered didn't follow me. They were either in the area they were in and I was kind of in their space or if they followed me, it was for a very short period of time where they would sort of like pop up and around where I was until I got a message and then they were gone. So... It freaked me out that she said he was following her. And I I asked her, you know, explain this to me. And she was explaining that no matter where she goes, no matter what she does, this tall man, he'll stand in the corner of the room and he'll slowly grow taller and taller in this hat. And until he's like becomes the size of the room and he's just is this scary, scary thing and it freaks her out. And I was freaked out for her because I couldn't comprehend like how scary that would be. And I thought it was really weird that I was not picking up on this at all. So I started to be, I I was just really confused. I didn't understand why I couldn't see the same thing she was. And then she told me that sometimes 
there would be these spiders that would just start crawling on the wall and then these spiders would get bigger and bigger and they'd like come and attack her. And I was confused at this point because I'm like, are we talking about spirit spiders or like actual spiders? I I was so lost. I didn't understand what she was trying to tell me. And at this same time, I had been looking around the room. I freaked out because there was a spider in the corner of the room. It was a huge tarantula. Legit. And I screamed and I went, oh my God, it's right there. <laughs> and the whole cabin woke up and flipped on the lights. And sure enough, there was a legit tarantula in the corner of our cabin. And a bunch of counselors got together to get it out and put it back outside. At this point, we went back to bed and this girl was visibly shaken. She was actually shaking. She had, she was just in so much fear. It had overcome her. And we fell asleep. She was back in her own bed and then she woke up and she was in my face and she was shaking me. And she was like, I need your help. They're everywhere. All the spiders are everywhere. And I looked around and I didn't see any more spiders. And she's like, the tall man's coming after me. And she just started screaming and really, really freaking out. And the, everybody woke up again And the camp counselors had taken her aside in the room and they're like, what's going on? And she's like, well, I see ghosts and uh, they're everywhere right now. And I felt really bad. And I was also really scared because I didn't want her to say anything about what I had said. Like, I don't don't tell them I see ghosts. Um, (laughs) I was really scared for her because they looked at her horribly. They, They just looked at her like she had absolutely lost her mind. And it wasn't a concerns like, oh, sweetie, let's help you. It was a you're you're a nuisance and you're a problem sort of look and they took her out and they put her on a golf cart and they drove her away I watched her drive being driven away with Jessica and I was like holy crap where do you think they're taking her and this church was weird this camp was weird and at this point I'm like religious people are not going to be okay with her seeing things and seeing spirits it's kind of sacrilegious in some beliefs so I was panicked that this was the moment that they were gonna start murdering people at this camp (laughs) and we stayed up me and Jessica and stared out the window to see her come back and she had come back a few hours later and didn't say anything to us and just went to sleep and the next day came and she was fine she didn't want to talk about it at all she asked us not to talk about it and we just had the rest of the camp and we didn't talk about weird things anymore and she never told us what happened when she left so me and jessica were like oh my god you know what did they do to her we were we were just really scared for her and she wouldn't talk about it but we did respect her by not talking about it because she was super serious when she told us don't bring it up don't talk to me about this nothing So we all left camp and our parents all came and I told my parents that I never wanted to be there again, that I absolutely was never going to church again ever. And I was pretty just upset about the whole experience. Me and Katie did exchange contact information. So 
we were going to hang out at some point after this because it turned out she had lived not too far away from me. She was only a few neighborhoods over of where I lived. So we ended up getting together one of these days and hanging out and we went over to her house and her dad answered the door and her dad had told me and my parents that it wasn't a good time to see her. And at this point, I'm growing concerned for her. Why can't we see her? What's going on with her? Why Why are all these things happening? And he said she was a little bit off and she was in the middle of switching different medications and she was having some really bad side effects. And today she was having a lot of delusions happen. And I didn't know what that meant. What do you mean? And he said that she was having a really bad experience with the tall man and she was just having a really hard time about it. And I, I wanted to talk to her like, is this spirit still bothering her? And then he said that she had something called schizophrenia. I went home and researched schizophrenia and I was absolutely terrified uh, what had happened uh, w- was what her dad explained was she did not bring her medication to camp. And so when she was at camp, why she had such a hard time during camp is because she was off her medication and she did not have any stabilization. And now she was switching medications and going on new dosages to re-level everything that was happening. So why they had ended up taking her away that night was to put her on her medication and contact her dad and try to work out everything. So it's my understanding that one of the worst things you can do for somebody who has schizophrenia is acknowledge their delusions because they are then sort of in this in-between of, wait a second, is that real or is it not? And I have heard and it is my understanding and I could be wrong. I'm not an expert about schizophrenia. I don't know anything about it. So please, if I am wrong, I sincerely apologize. So this may not be how it is, but it's my understanding that if you're acknowledging it, then it perhaps can sometimes get worse. So by me saying that, yes, I also see things and tell me when this thing is there and I will look at it, that was acknowledging that it may be real and it blurs the line between what is real and what she's experiencing because of schizophrenia. And especially why she had such a problem after I had seen this tarantula in our cabin was because she has a frequent delusion of spiders. And the fact that there was a spider and not just a spider, but a huge spider that I had seen in the cabin really triggered her schizophrenia to flare up because that had blurred the lines of what she may be seeing because of schizophrenia and what was happening in real life. 
at this point, I realized what mental illness was, and I became increasingly concerned that what I had been experiencing up to this point was schizophrenia. So I did not know uh, she was schizophrenic. And like I said, a lot of the schizophrenia symptoms are very similar to how I see spirits. So, oh, do you hear voices? Yeah, I, I of spirits, I do. And I, that sounds so similar to delusions that it is a very hard line. And especially as a kid, I had no idea what I thought she was describing to me was very, very similar to what I had been experiencing. Everybody, it's Brittany from the future, and this topic is so sensitive. And I don't have schizophrenia. I'm not a medical doctor, so I can't speak on it in its fullness. Like, I feel like this episode calls for, so do bear in mind that I am not an expert. My only experience with knowing someone with schizophrenia was this girl, and how I understood her schizophrenia was through her father and how he explained it to me as a child so please do bear in mind that I'm not an expert on this but I did want to pop in here and clarify a big difference between seeing spirits and mediumship and schizophrenia and of course I always highly, highly recommend seeing a mental health professional. And I'm not saying that you can't be both mentally unwell and a medium or if you have schizophrenia and also a medium. So I'm not saying that they're mutually exclusive or anything of that sort, but it is important to know yourself enough to be able to distinguish, uh-oh, this is my own mental health issue versus this is a spirit and this is something that I even do I do have a lot of anxiety and a lot of times it is very important for me to understand and check with myself how I'm feeling during certain situations to understand is this my fear or is this the fear of a spirit is this my anxiety is this my trepidation or is this coming from a spirit so having those self check-ins are really important but the key here when I talk about hearing voices. This is complicated because there isn't really a word to describe spirit communication. And the best thing I can say is, yes, I hear voices or yes, I'm speaking to spirits or yes, I'm seeing spirits. And while there are a few rare cases where we capture disembodied voices of something unseen and unknown or there is something unexplainable visually captured or there's something that multiple people hear multiple people see when I'm communicating for the vast majority of my mediumship I will say oh yes they're talking to me and this is what they said but in reality what it's like is just for me it's this inner knowing so if I am connecting, I will feel a masculine presence, which doesn't denote a man or a woman. It just is more masculine tendencies. And then I might feel the sensation of love. And then I can portray that love toward 
something else that they portray to me and maybe they show me a basketball and then I know hey this is a masculine energy who really loved playing basketball and then that might develop to show me a girl or a man or anything of that sort to further help oh yes uh, they have brown hair and a brown ponytail and getting that visually and then again with that communication I will say I'm talking to spirits because it's just so hard to explain that this information just sort of comes in and out and it's just somewhat like your own thoughts but not and it's also it's it's very hard there's not a lot of words but when I was young and I was looking into schizophrenia and other mental health illnesses I saw these very scary things of, oh, you're seeing people, you're hearing voices and this and this and this. And I immediately thought, oh my gosh, yes, that's me because I didn't know any other words to describe how I was feeling the energy and how I was portraying that. And in reality, it's not as if there is just something in the room talking to me and I I have to admit there are some rare cases where it is like that but for the vast majority I'm talking about the majority of my mediumship it is absolutely not like that um so it is really hard and I think it's hard when you're trying to self-diagnose whether oh am I a medium or do I have any sort of mental health crisis happening right now or what is going on and I, I know I for one took to Google a lot as a kid because I felt like I didn't have anybody to talk to about this and I <laughs> was constantly like with symptoms of schizophrenia, symptoms of dissociative identity disorder, symptoms of uh, being a medium, like, and all of these things, like, online, just have these bullet point lists, and you start going down the WebMD rabbit hole of, like, oh my gosh, now I have a million ailments and cancer, (laughs) and it's just this moment of horrible self-diagnosis, so I do highly encourage everybody to seek help, and in saying that there are therapists, there are mental health professionals, who do believe in the paranormal and who are very, very open and understanding about this. So do not be afraid to be honest with somebody and let them know like, hey, I think I'm a medium or I think I can talk to spirits, but I also may have something else going on. And it is really, really important to figure that out and always work through your mental health issues first before going to the paranormal because the paranormal can really 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 mess you up just with all the trauma that most spirits tend to have because you know if they're hanging around there's likely a reason why they're hanging around and that reason isn't always pretty so yeah mental health is always what I highly promote taking care of first and that's not to say that if you do have any sort of mental health crisis that that is any sort of issue but at this moment in my childhood life I was horrified because I finally felt like I had found someone that I could absolutely relate to and there was this like wash of relief when I had met her and 
really was just like, oh my goodness, I can finally have somebody who I can talk to about all these really strange and bizarre things that have been happening to me. And to find out that this girl had been struggling really, really badly with schizophrenia at the time, I just... I felt awful. I felt awful because I didn't know how to help her. I felt awful because I was scared for myself. And it was a very surreal, wild moment to have. But this story, I think, is so important to truly highlight how important mental health is when it comes to the paranormal. And this started off why I am highly, highly, highly promoting and engaging with validation when I work in mediumship. I understand that there are things that we can't prove. There's history that we won't be able to find. There's some information that comes through that nobody really knows for sure. And that's okay. But for the vast majority of the information I receive, I always try to have a historian with knowledge of the building, have a researcher with knowledge of the cases who can validate the information I receive blindly. That way there is no bias and it helps me personally with checks for myself of knowing okay I'm on the right path I am connecting to something beyond whether we want to call that just an energy or a spirit or what have you and that's really where I find this great place of reality in the midst of something that can seem so fantastical so I do highly encourage anybody trying to differentiate between is this really spirit or not really trying to seek out that validating information. And I mean, just go into a historical building that you don't know anything about. Write down your feelings and thoughts and then research afterward. That's where I sort of began with this. Um, And when I did private cases, which I highly don't recommend you do unless you've been doing this for a while and you have a handle on yourself. But once I got better and started doing all these private cases, then the people who owned the houses were able to validate. And even if it's not something that's a written history, I can say, and I posted a picture on Instagram recently where I drew like a little imp creature that was in somebody's house. And I know I can't validate that. So what I did for this person who had been experiencing some psychic abilities themselves and had been seeing this creature around their home I asked them, at this point, I didn't know why it was there. I just knew there was something going on. At this point, I asked them, hey, I know you think you have some ability. I agreed that I thought this person had some ability. And I asked them to draw on their phone. I draw on my phone the main entity that they've been seeing to see if we can validate each other. And we drew nearly the same thing and described the same thing. Again, this is something that is validating for me because two separate people had the same drawing experience and description of what was in the house and they were super happy and felt good that they were absolutely spot on with what they were feeling and that I happened to hit that and it was felt good for me too that what I had been sensing in the house was something that this person had been experiencing. And of course, I was able to take care of that problem and we were moved on from that situation. But it 
is something that I highly recommend. Validation is such a key thing in mediumship and I don't see all mediums talking about validation and I don't think there is any other way to truly go about mediumship without finding that sense of validation in some sort of way. So I hope this makes sense and let's get back to the past and listen to what past birdie has to say. But thank you guys for listening to this little bit of insight about what was going on at this time and how information actually comes through and how I was getting what I was sensing based off of my experiences and confusing that with what I was seeing online and creating this fear inside of me about, oh no, what could really be happening? But yeah. Back to the past. I have talked to professionals about this and I don't have schizophrenia, but at this moment in time, when I was going into high school, I was pretty convinced that I perhaps had a mental illness and I was being affected by something like schizophrenia. So I especially was going to work even harder to not see spirits or delusions. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Spirit Diaries. And if you are experiencing any sort of mental illness, please do not be afraid to reach out to professionals. They're there to help you. You aren't crazy. There's nothing wrong with you. So many people experience mental illness in so many different ways, and it's a very normal part of being human, and there is a lot of help out there for various mental illnesses, so please get help if you are experiencing anything like that, and I wish you all the best, and I give you lots and lots of hugs. Thank you.